Buckle up. It's the Insurance Dudes Podcast. We say right. a lot, help them make the decision, right? You, yeah. you help them along so that they make that decision. Because if they make the decision, they're, they're here for a long time. Now, all of this taps into the principle that we call consistency. And consistency simply says that we feel this internal psychological pressure, but also this external social pressure to be consistent in what we say and what we do. So let me ask either of you this. Have either of you ever given your word to somebody that you would be somewhere or do something with them, but then you had to back out? I can answer for Jason and, and say that this, that this has happened. <laughs> Is that true, Jason? No, I mean, I, I, everybody that, has, right? So, yeah, everybody has. So the but real question is, and I'm going to guess that, that your reason was legit and your friend probably understood, but the real question is, how did you feel when you had to tell your, your friend, hey, I can't make it? It's never yeah. good. Right. That's yes. Right. You're letting somebody down. That's right. Again, even though they understand it and it's legitimate, you hate how that feels. And so we work really, really hard to do whatever we can to keep our word. Sometimes even with things we don't really want to do, but we know we'll look better to those people that we made the commitment to. But more important, we'll feel better about ourselves. And that's a big driver of human behavior. And I think it's one of the most important principles in selling because it's built on the questions. If I can ask you the right questions, you're owning that, right? And so when I come back to you and share with you that I've done everything and more than what you've asked, it's a lot easier for you to say, let's go ahead and do business. Mm. Love it. What other ways besides the obvious sales conversation can you use those kind of principles in, in the agency? Well, managing your team, right? When we talk about persuasion, I love the definition from Aristotle. Aristotle said persuasion was the art of getting someone to do something that they wouldn't ordinarily do if you didn't ask, right? Hmm. If you walk into your agency, people are going to be busy doing things and you may need them to stop and refocus onto something else. How you communicate with them might make all the difference between yes and no or yeah, but dragging their feet versus yeah, enthusiastically. So how we interact with those people. So I'll, I'll give you a quick example, because this is so often the case where a leader will walk by somebody who is on their team and tell them what to do. Hey, Craig, I need the sales numbers, right? And uh, you've got all kinds of outs. Didn't mm -hmm. hear you, been busy, it's gonna <laughs> get them later. I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that could happen. So if I learn to turn that into a question, Craig, could you get me the sales numbers? And I'll give you a date too. Could you get me the sales numbers? Let's say they're due Friday. Could you get me the sales numbers by Friday? You might say yes, but you might also say, oh, I can't, I'm really busy. There's no way I'm going to be able to get that. Now I don't have what I need. The, the savvy communicator allows themselves fallback positions. So I might say, hey, Craig, would you be able to get me the sales numbers by Tuesday? Knowing that if you say no, I might fall back and say, hey, I know everybody's busy. Any chance you can get them by the end of the day, Wednesday. And the psychology of that is when you make a request after somebody says no, right on the heels, the likelihood of them saying yes starts skyrocketing because mm. we hate saying no. Mm. Plus, you feel like, hey, you know, Brian's given a little. I should give a little. So structuring that by asking a question and allowing for fallback positions. And then the final thing I'll say, too, is. Research shows that when you use the word because, lots more people do what you want. Because when the two of you were kids, if mom or dad ever told you to do something 
and you dared to say why, what did they say? Because. Because. Yeah. Because I said wow. so, right? It's indoctrinated. Yeah. yeah. You didn't Hardwired. Turn, you didn't turn to your mom or dad and go, well, that's not really a legitimate reason. You just did it. Uh-huh. And so we are conditioned. So now imagine somebody walks by and says, hey, Craig, would you be able to get me the sales numbers by Tuesday because I need them for the board report? That's a totally different psychological interaction versus, hey, I need the sales numbers. You start learning this and you start weaving it into how you communicate with people. You never tell, you ask. You allow fallback positions. You give reasons. You will get what you need much more than the person who just operates out of habit and tells people what to do. Yeah. Well, and they'll like you more, right? And as they like you more, then they're going to do more and so on and so forth. Yep. So yeah. you've written a couple books. I have. My first book was called Influence People. And the word people is a subtitle for powerful everyday opportunities to persuade that are lasting and ethical. And it looks deeply at the psychology. And and then I have business case studies, real world business examples that I saw during my career, a little bit of talk about social media. And then the second book is directed at agents. It's called Persuasive Selling for Relationship-Driven Insurance Agents. Love it. Love that. So can these skills, you bring in social media, which is obviously a big thing still. And um, is, are these same techniques usable in the social media space? Absolutely. It's interesting that you ask that question because human psychology, according to all the literature I've read, the human brain has not changed in some 40,000 years. So we're all operating as on Windows 3.1 or whatever that first system was. And so it's funny when people ask that question, I... I can imagine people back in 1900 saying, you think this stuff works with the telephone, right? (laughs) You think this stuff's going to work with the television? Right. Right. Human thinking hasn't changed. All that's changed is the medium that we're using. And so, yes, when we're on social media, all of the psychology is at play, but you might need to apply it differently. I can give you like an example that you may have seen. You don't see it so much anymore, but people used to send around... uh, 97% of my friends won't respond to this. Only 3% will have the guts to, and then they'll talk about something that's really needs help like cancer. But that is working against you because most people tune out after they realize if 97% of the people aren't doing something, then I'm not going to do it either. (laughs) So they're trying to guilt you or shame you into some action, and they're actually hurting themselves by doing that. So there's all kinds of mistakes that people make, unfortunately, as they try to advance what could be very good causes. Mm. Well, and you see agents post a lot like I just saved somebody 450 bucks on their insurance. It's like yeah. I, it, it, they're not jumping at your <laughs> at your yeah. bit there. But even that, you know, the psychology is people are far more motivated to take action when they think they'll lose versus when they'll gain. Many more people will take action when you say you're overpaying versus I will save you. Mm. And so that slight reframe okay. into, Craig, I was looking at your policy and I, I think you've been overpaying at least $500 a year. What? Overpaying, you know? That grabs you differently than I can save you 500 bucks. Right. Because psychologically, if I don't save the 500, I don't really feel worse off. But when you tell me I've been overpaying, I feel like that came straight out of my pocket. And I am more willing to take action based on that. So these subtle reframes make a big, big difference in people's willingness to say yes. You created the pain instead of the opportunity that is like, bam. Love it. Love it. What are some other little nuts? Like that was a huge nugget, I think. And I think nugget. most people huge. can. Huge. Huge. 
what are some other insurance nugs that you would uh, little tidbits that you could help the the dude nation out there? Well, if you've got experience in the industry, people may not know how much experience you have. And Jason, I have no clue as to how old you are, but you look fairly young. He's very that old. Means, that doesn't mean that you haven't been in the industry for a significant amount of time. And so subtly during conversation by maybe dropping out that experience that you have, you know, so if I'm talking to you and I might say, you know, Jason, I've been at this a long time. I've been in the industry now for 30 years. And what I've seen is, and I just begin to share, mm. I'm not bragging about myself. I'm just very conversationally putting that out there. When I work with people who are on the company side in claims, and sometimes they'll say, well, yeah, but I've only been in the industry for five years. And I'll say, have you settled hundreds or thousands of claims? Well, yeah, in those five years, I've settled thousands of claims. Okay. The claimant that you're talking to, that you're needing to move their behavior so that you can speed up the claim process, you can say, you know, Mrs. Smith, I've settled thousands of claims that are just like yours, and I'm confident that I can help you get through this quickly. Mrs. Smith now has a lot of confidence. She doesn't know how long you've been in the industry, but she knows if you've done this a thousand times, you're probably good at it. So you find that way to put out in a very authentic, conversational way that you've got experience and people are more willing to follow the lead of people that they think have expertise. What if he just started yesterday? How does he frame that? If he just started yesterday, then one of the things you have to do sometimes is admit weakness. And when you admit weakness, that gives you credibility. Mm-hmm. So you might be able to say, you know, Mrs. Smith, I'm really excited to work with you today. And I'm going to be right up front. This is my first day in insurance. And, but I am so excited to get to help somebody like you. And you know what? When you talk about what your weakness is, and then you transition with a but or a however, people tend to forget what came before but, right? Huh. Honey, I love you, but okay, here comes the hammer. You forget the <laughs> I love you. So when you learn about that, you actually can use your weaknesses to your advantage by putting them out relatively early and transitioning over to what you see as your strengths and people get more focused on that. Can this help in conversations with your significant other? Absolutely. (laughs) I don't know. Absolutely. (laughs) They're tough. So I love this conversation because it is sales is everything. So this has obviously helped a ton of agents coming from you into their agencies and stuff like that. But what about you personally? What other areas of life has diving deep into this psychology helped you? What other cases? Well, I always talk about the reason I love what I do is because I'm going to help people on a professional level and a personal level. I always talk about professional success and personal happiness because this is a 24-7, 365 skill. I mean, think about this. From the moment that a baby comes into the world, that baby cries. Why? Well, mom or dad needs to figure out, is it hungry? Does it need burp, fed, change, whatever? It has a need and it's doing what it can in its limited capacity to get the need met. Then we learn how to communicate. We get older, more sophisticated, but every single day we're trying to get our needs met. And how we do that, we communicate with people. So you better learn how to ethically and effectively persuade if you want to get your needs met. And we'll do that until the day we die. So People are going to use this eight to 10 hours a day in the office, but then they're going to go home and they're going to interact with their kids. They're going to interact with their spouse and their neighbors and understanding all of this in terms of interacting with them. It's the same thing. So, yeah, I, you know, raising our daughter who is 25, interacting with my wife, who have been married 33 years. This comes into play every single day. 
I'll give you a couple of examples. I have uh, on my um, iPod, I have, or my phone, playlists for my wife and daughter. They are songs that make me think wonderful things about them. I listen to those, like if I'm going to get ready to go out with my wife or if I'm going to spend time with my daughter, because I want to mentally get myself in a place where I am super excited to be with them. That's something anybody could do, right? But I know it changes how I feel about them, and then it changes how I interact with them, and it creates a better experience for all of us by doing that one simple thing to change my mentality. Another thing that I do is I look for opportunities to give whenever I can. And I've come up with some pretty creative gifts over the years when I, for my wife's birthday. When she turned 52, my big gift to her was, let me ask this question. When you hear the number 52, what comes to mind? I've drawn a blank. Most people say a deck of cards, but there's 52 oh. weeks in a year. Right? Yes. So Two things. <laughs> so, so her gift on her 52nd birthday was a gift a week for a year. Whoa. That's so, a big commitment. Ah. They weren't really big or expensive, but every single week she knew she was getting something, which she was excited about. My daughter would go out and help me buy gifts. So she got involved. It was, everybody won. That's and, cool. You know, and, it, and it felt great. So, but I understood too, I didn't give any of those to engage reciprocity. Like, oh, you will be down. But I know that when you do those things for the people that you love, they naturally then want to do things that are beneficial for you. And again, you have a virtuous cycle where everything's on the up and up. 52 gifts. Yeah. So let's go back to that. First off, I wish I could do that, but like, I think I would (laughs) be like three weeks in and I'd like stop or something. You did that for 52 weeks? Well, I would buy, sometimes I'd buy several. And so I always had a a five to eight in this bin. So it wasn't like every week I had to do it. But if I was with my daughter and we saw three things, then I would get those and I'd wrap those. And I always had things in a box that I could bring up and and then she'd grab them and shake them and choose whichever one that she wanted. Oh, the other oh, thing yeah. I'll say in terms of kids that we did for our daughter that was unique, everybody has a birthday, you know, everybody gets gifts on Christmas and stuff. We created what we called a special day, which was a day that we would choose at random. We'd wake our daughter up from bed and, and say special day and we'd have gifts and the whole day focused on her. And oh, wow. even though she's 25, she's still like, you better not stop doing special <laughs> So those are things that anybody could do and they take a little bit of effort, but my gosh, what you get in return is so much. Is one of your wife's love languages, the uh, receiving gifts? She sort of liked it that year. (laughs) 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 I think it's the, you know, you're growing up and it's the thought that counts. You're like, yeah, right. Give me the gift. But you get older and you start to realize how nice it was that you were top of mind for that person for that day yeah. as they were thinking about something. And then you start finding there's lots of other ways to remain top of mind. And it could be the, the little texts in the middle of the day. It could be like, hey, and I ran the dishwasher for you. But just, you know, making sure you point that out, like I didn't want you to come home and have to do this. And so I made sure I got it done today. And those little acts of kindness, man, they build up. I Great love stuff. that. I'm going to do special day. I have four kids. It's going to be a lot of work. Four special days. That's a lot of special days. But, that, but are that the other three awesome. going to get mad that. if one has a special day or should they all have a special day on the same day? They should all have probably separate special days because that hence that would make it special, right? And then just randomly, then they yeah. can be excited for the other person, hopefully. Well, they, if you, you know. do it for all four at once, you could call it not so special day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> special. <laughs> it's special, not yeah. so special day. 
I still have Kenzo <laughs> for two more years, so I might do special day with him. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that I is like cool. That. Not might. Why might? I'm, I'll do it. That's right. Okay. Make that, What's the make might? Make public commitment so you don't. Yeah. So you feel the internal and external psychological pressure. Yeah, I did that Writing when we did um, ignite. We had an event here at my office. Jason came out and and I declared that I would ride. And I hadn't ridden my bike in a while. And I declared in front of everybody that I was going to ride my bike. And so I, <laughs> I had the pressure that I had to. And they called me out, and I did. Luckily, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> so, so a fun. lot of this stuff works also back on you to get done the things you want to do. And sure. so by making that public commitment, and we, we talk about when it's public and you have to actively do something and, and it's a, a voluntary and requires a little bit of effort, all of a sudden you will be amazed at how much more you'll follow through because you're like, dang it, I don't want them to look at me and think I say one thing and do another. So anytime you've got that goal, you, maybe you're going to start riding a bike or run a marathon or lose 10 pounds, tell people, and that will give you more of a kickstart to actually follow yeah. through. Love it. Well, the listeners can choose the dates of the special days. There's five special days to pick and they can go in the Facebook group and just post what days are for what. How about that? Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Did you ever study NLP? I read some books on it, but no, I didn't study it uh, okay. directly. I read a ton. I, I mean, I've just tons of books on psychology and, and I'm a nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff too. I'm reading a book on economics now just because it's interesting and what's going on in the country and trying to understand about policy and programs and stuff. Have you read nonviolent communication? I have not. It's interesting because it, it has a lot of the concepts that you're talking about where you don't, when you're talking to somebody, it's not you, it's you, it's the I approach. I feel this and then at the end, you ask for what you want, and and it's like the magic formula. It's really interesting. I love that stuff. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, th- this is all amazing stuff. So if somebody wants to, well, gosh darn it, I just stepped over myself. What is the number one piece of advice you give <laughs> any insurance agent, either coming into the industry mm-hmm. or that really wants to kickstart the agency? What would be the number one piece of advice you would give them? I think the number one piece of advice would be do all you can to come to like the people that you work with, the customers of your agency and the underwriters who you're going to interact with. And and not on a surface level, I mean, deeply get to know and like those people so that they really begin to understand whatever it is that you're asking or putting forth is coming from a good place. Even Mm. if they don't agree with you, even if they have to say no, it is much easier to navigate those conversations when you know you've got a deep connection with somebody. And that ability to connect with people rests more on each of us individually than it does those people out there. Because Mm -hmm. I have seen time and time again, when I thought initially somebody really didn't like me and I thought I'm going to put this into practice. I've not only made friends, I've gained advocates. Love it. Well, yeah, those ones, the folks you turn around are the ones that end up being the, the strongest bonds. Like our client, that's what we, we talk about it on the phone with, with the leads. If, you know, they get somebody, they're all angry and yelling and, and you can turn that around. They're a client for life. They, they absolutely so win them because that's what they do to everybody else. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And when somebody says, Hey, I don't need a pat on the back to know I'm doing a good job. That's the person you better pat on the back because they say it because they don't get it. And it's a self-defense mechanism. Ooh, interesting. All these nuggets. Love it. So, so if somebody yeah. needs more Brian in their life, where are they going? They are going to LinkedIn. Any person who's listening to the show, reach out to connect with me. And I guarantee you this, 
I will respond to you. If you don't put a note in, like I heard you on the insurance dudes podcast, guarantee you will get a message back from me. How did you find me? I, I like to know why people yes. are reaching out, but it's a great conversation starter. So when they come back and, and then they realize, hey, this is a real life person. He's not just accepting all these connections. He's actually communicating with me. So, and even if you do say that you heard me on the show, I'm going to say thanks. And there's going to be a message going back and forth and maybe we'll get to know each other. So that'd be the first place. And the other place would be my website, which is influencepeople.biz. If folks go out there, I, I've been blogging weekly for almost 14 years now. So there's tons of information, videos, previews to my LinkedIn learning courses. I've been on well over 100 podcasts, so there's a lot they could go back and listen to. So uh, that's another way to to certainly connect with me. Awesome. And awesome. You were on a TED Talk? Okay. I'm going to get back on it. I got canceled five days out because uh, of uh, COVID. Uh, that's so COVID. I'm waiting for the organization to repost when they're going to do that. And then I'm going to jump back on that's that. That's great. But that was disappointing because I was going to be their opening speaker. So I was psyched. Uh, here in Columbus, uh, I met friends and family. And five days out. That'd be cool. They, everything locked down here in Columbus. Well, please so make there. sure to share that with us when you do go on. And we'll share it out to the Dude Nation. Dude that Nation, too. Well, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And and hey, thank you for putting together the hello, Craig and Jason sign. That's very nice of you. <laughs> Love it. And You're welcome. Uh, it's been so great good. to have you on the show. It's your special day. It is. Thank you. <laughs> is I'll tell my wife that you. tonight. It's my special day. Don't, you know, be nice. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell her it's her special day. I know what you mean by that, Craig. And trust me, that's more of your special day. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is uncomfortable. All right. Then let's end it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. Hey, Jason. Yes, Mr. Craig. That was another awesome episode, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, if people want to get a little bit more action and, and learn how to do uh, write 100000 in premium yes. off of even the worst internet leads, where could they go? They can go to live.teledudes.com. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Are we going to be there? Yes. It's a weekly call that we're doing right now that will, it's live and it will show you the process, the entire process. Mm. Super awesome. Mm. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sign up right now, live.teledudes.com. Live.teledudes.com. That's live.teledudes.com. Hey, Craig, there's a new community that we are starting that I cannot wait to tell everybody about. It is our live texting community where you and I are going to answer people's questions and give them free content, right? Are you kidding me? We get yep. to talk to them? Yeah, which is awesome, but they have to opt in. They have to text us at 520-214-2219. That's 520-214-2219. Nice. I'm Greg, are you going to respond to these texts? I'm going to respond to them for sure. Live. I'm into it too. It's going to be well, awesome. And it's a, it's going to be our new texting community where we're going to get back to everybody that we can and drop some crazy content, free content and free um, the calculator that you just came up with. Mm. That's right. The calling calculator, sales material. I mean, everything for insurance agents, this is it. It's the best texting community out there for insurance agents. Well, what the heck is that number again? I can't remember it. 
It's 520-214-2219. That's okay. 520-214-2219. I love it. I'm going to text it right now. 520-214-2219. All right. I'll see you later, Mr. Jason. Bye, Mr. Craig. Wait, do they even listen to this on the radio anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nice. Uh, all right.